Um, today we are launching a series of messages called Build. And, um, and there's, it really there's a couple of things going on, honestly. And, and so if you've been a part of Pathway, then you know, so I'll catch you up the backstory. Uh, so Pathway was started about thir- uh, 12 years, 13 years ago, 2009, September 13th, 2009. You can do the math. Um, and so, um, and it was just started really out of this vision to bring the presence of God and people together. And we started in a, what is now the Motel 6. Thank God it wasn't Motel 6 when we started. Although I guess there's some symbolism. Tom Bodette would leave the light on for you. Jesus is the light. We can leave the light on. (laughs) Anyways, it was a Ramada back then. I think the biggest miracle was we convinced 200 people to go to church in that building. And, um, and then we moved into this place, the church vacated. We came in, we renovated it, and, and this is where we've been. And then in this time, we've bought 49 acres on North 259. If you're aware, then if not, you can drive by and see it. Um, but it's just south of Bar Chase or Bar K. Yeah, that one, right? Just south of that <clears throat> on the right-hand side as you're going north. And uh, so we have 49 acres, and then a couple years, let's see, back in 2018, um, we launched a two-year initiative to build that building. It's, um, at that point, it was about a nine, probably a $9 million build, and, um, and so God moved really miraculously in that we, we set out to do it all cash, um, and so we, never, we didn't even have a construction line. Um, we literally did it. We were our own bank. Well, God was our own bank. And, um, and so we, uh, we're about $5 million into that build. And if you, some of you have been out there, some of you, I know we have new and so I'm going to get everybody on the same page. And some of you have been out there. And so, you know, we have most of the development work done, site work. Um, and then we have the slab poured and then we have the still skeletal. You saw the video there and I'll show it again here in a minute. Uh, of the actual building done, and then you know COVID hit, and so we we paused everything. And when when we worked with our contractor, um, we told them this is what we feel like. Uh, at that time, you know, God was very felt very clear to us that that we were going to just trust Him and do it all cash. Um, most people thought we were crazy, um, but our builder is a man of faith. And he was like, I've never seen this, but sure, if you want to try it. So we found different stopping points where we could stop without penalty. And so essentially when COVID hit and all, we, we found that stopping place and we stopped. And so it didn't penalize us really anything at all. And they worked with us on that. So it was really, really a, a good thing the way, God, the way God moved. And of course, then when COVID hit, all the people uh, thought, said, you are the smartest people on the planet because there were churches that were losing their buildings because they had borrowed a lot of money and COVID affected finances and all that. So it was really, and I remember this one person, Mark was telling me, <laughs> he was talking with a friend of ours who consults with churches and pastors all over the United States. And, and he's a great man. He's actually been here, but uh, he said, uh, well, y'all look like the smartest people in the room right now. <clears throat> and my brother said, no, our pastor Mark, who is my brother, if you don't know that, um, He's the nice one. I'm the good looking one. And so, um, (laughs) which my sister-in-law would vehemently disagree with. Uh, But anyways, um, but uh, he said, no, we're we're not the smartest people in the room. We're just obedient. That was just all it was. Uh, It's not that it really, it's really to do it the way we did. I'll be honest. um, It's really hard. I I don't mind telling you on my side and the back end of this, it, it was not easy at all and hasn't been easy, but I, it's okay. It's, I, you know, it's, everything's for his glory. How many, let me ask you a question. I thought about this some more. How many people are, you're a destination people. You just want to get there, right? How many people are journey people? You're like the, the, the road trip and see all the sites and make all the stops. Okay. Um, I, to be honest with you, I have the patience of a gnat. And so, um, I, 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 I am a destination person, right? Like put me on a plane, wake me up when we're there, right? I don't want to see the Cadillac ranch thing out in the panhandle of Texas or whatever that thing. I don't care that some man stood up Cadillacs in his pasture. I don't care about that. 
You know, I just want to, I want to see the Grand Canyon. You understand what I'm saying? It doesn't matter to me. So, um, so anyways, but I, I think with God, sometimes we miss this. God is so much about the journey. It's the journey that changes us and transforms us. And it's the journey that, that really is, is the value is the journey, right? And, and, the, and honestly, the journey so many times is where we get to know God and get to see God. And, and so, um, so I was thinking about this morning, I'm like, this has been a crazy journey. And someone said, you know, are you excited? I said, I'll be excited when we're done. That's when I'll be, and I'm going on vacation. All right. So, um, but it, you know, I just, God was reminding me again, it's about the journey. And really over the next few weeks, we're going to take a journey and I'm going to ask you to lean into a journey. And yes, we're going to talk about a building. And yes, the obvious, just the obvious thing is to get where we've been, people have given sacrificially. And to get where we're going, we're going to all have to give sacrificially. And, and we're going to have to do our part, whatever that is. So obviously I know that. And I know people sweat that. And they start getting nervous. And like, I'm not going to manipulate. I'm just going to give you the information and tell you to pray about it. I, my trust is in the Lord. Like, I love you, but my trust is in the Lord. And, and, and uh, I know it's what God wants us to do. And I know God has a really good plan. And we're going to find it together. And, and I just think, you know, when we gather in that building, um, I think, you know, for me, I know for me, it's going to be amazing because I will have been transformed by the journey as I already have. And I will have seen the provision because I've already given sacrificially um, so, so, I mean, you know, the first go around totally wiped out savings just to give it to the building. And so, um, I've given sacrificially and, and I've seen what God has done in my life and how he's blessed me. And I just think when you get in that building, I just want you to have that story. Not like, you know, I saw it happen, but no, I was, I was a part of this and I was transformed by this journey that we took and my life was changed because I dove into this journey and realized that, yes, in the end, there's going to be a building, but it's the journey that's going to change me and transform me. And in the journey, we're going to get to see God and experience him. And so anyways, we have 49 acres of land and we have the building um, under construction. And obviously now we want to finish it. It's time. And, and you know, God began to speak at our elders retreat or staff's retreat last year, just so clearly, like you have to, you have to build, you have to build, you have to build. And so we're, we're setting our face to build again. Um, number one question people are asking is like, you know, there's, let me try to run through all the, the FAQs, if you will. People are asking, so are we going to borrow money this time? Um, we don't have a word from God on that. So we typically don't do anything without a word from God. So I can't answer that because God hasn't answered that. Um, you know, there are things that, that we are weighing because we're not you know, because we're trying to be good stewards. So we're trying to weigh the cost of not building because um, the material costs are going up extraordinarily. So it, it was a $9 million build. It's about a $10 million build now. So you can say, oh my gosh, it's a million dollars more. Had we not started when we started, it would have been a million dollars more than that. So we, you know, there's just a lot of different ways when you look at the numbers to, to but I just put all that in God's bucket. I'm only responsible to do what he's asked me to do. Does that make sense? And so, um, you know, if it, you know, so I guess what I'm saying, we were very clear not to borrow money up to this point, and it was obvious why. And so at this point, yes, we'll submit to God and go again, but we have no plan to borrow money at this point. Um, and so we, we, do have a, we do have a construction line. We are going to do a construction line because it was, to be honest, it's just too much stress <clears throat> on me personally, I felt like in that you have, when you, when you order, like the next thing we're going to order, and I'll talk about this in a minute, is a bridge. You have to be able to tell them to build the bridge. Well, I can't wait till the end of the month to see if we have the money to build the bridge because they're out there working. Does that make sense? So we don't have any permanent financing, but we have a construction line. Um, if we need to use it just to make sure when we order the work done, whatever that phase is can be completed. And then if we have to pay it back, we'll just pay it back before we go on. So we'll never have long-term debt that way, but that way I can actually tell them what to do because it got a little bit hairy with some of our work that we did. Luckily, everybody was gracious and, and we made it. But anyways, um, so, um, so we're about to launch this, this journey and so I catch everybody up. I think we have some images of the building. So guys, if you want to roll that beautiful bean footage, 
Um, this, this, if you haven't seen it, that's the outside, and obviously this is going in to the main lobby. It's a spine design because there is a phase two out of the back of this building. Um, so this building actually represents what will be student ministries and the school of ministry, which is another part of our vision to raise up people to send all over the world to preach the gospel. And so, so that's what this first phase actually is. Um, it does have a cafe. So if you like coffee, um, yeah, so there's, yeah, if you're a caffeine person, um, it does have a cafe or a coffee place in it. Cause you know, nowadays you can't do, you can't even cross the street without Jesus and caffeine. And, um, you know, it does have in the front, this is all in the front, but it has offices, administrative offices. And I know this doesn't matter a lot to y'all, but it does to our staff. And so we're going to show it so they can be happy. And, uh, <laughs> but I think we have, I think all things considered, we can put about 27 employees in this building. And so, uh, um, <clears throat> which I think currently we have 15 or 16, I'll lose count. So anyways, um, and then, yeah, back to the spine. Then we have kids check-in. There's the full service check-in. Here's the help yourself check-in. Um, and then as you go down, these are not exactly how it's going to look. Obviously, these are just ideas of how the rooms will be. And uh, as we go through, and um, yeah, it'll be a nice, safe, happy colorful, beautiful place for children to really just to learn about Jesus. I mean, that's what goes, we don't do babysitting. You know, we do children's ministry. There's not a junior Holy Spirit, you know, so, um, and so the Holy Spirit is working in all of those, or just like he's working this morning on the other side of the building. And uh, then this is the Pathway Kids, you know, so if you're, you know, this is your first through fourth, I think, um, room. And then, um, Looks, I like the color, but I don't know if that's that's probably not actually what we're doing. But um, it was just to give us an idea of what we could do, and and this is the auditorium, and so uh, this would obviously be where you would be if we were there. And um, so it's, uh, I think as it sits, 725 seats. Um, a lot of it is stadium seating, um, but it pulls everybody in close. That was my concern. I didn't want everybody far away. So I'm kind of like, I kind of like want y'all with me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm one of those people. <laughs> and so, so like, you know, when you get 700 seats, if it's a flat floor, everybody's like way back there. And then y'all could be on Facebook or Instagram or talking about lunch or something in the back. And I wouldn't be able to know that and get on to you. <laughs> And so I said, how do we pull all these people forward? And they said, you know what, we'll put stadium seating in. I'm like, that's, and it also allowed us to put rooms under the, because there's prayer rooms, there's a media room, there's, you know, it's now, I don't know what they call it. It's the place where all the techie people do all the techie stuff. We got a really cool techie room under there. And um, <clears throat> yeah, and uh, broadcast and all that kind of stuff. And pre and post. I, I, I have pieces of terminology, so I just throw those out so it sounds like I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, and pre and post production and broadcast and taco soup. And so um, then prayer rooms and then there's a music suite under there. So anyways, lots of cool stuff. Um, and so let's, let me, so this is what we're, we're about to embark upon. And so let's, let's kind of look at the let me, let me kind of tell you where we're at. So it's about a $10 million building. We're about halfway through. It's really hard to nail. I'll tell you, I'll be honest with you, working with, um, I had our project manager on site a couple weeks ago um, and then working with the development contractors and all that. It is really hard to nail down numbers. So I'm going to give you numbers that, that are the absolute best we can get, but they could all change tomorrow. Um, in fact, now in construct used to when we were when the first time we were locking in numbers, all bids, most of the bids were good for six months. Now it's 10 days. If they give you a bid, it's good for 10 days. And just, you know, so, so we have the best possible numbers that I can give you. In fact, I asked them to aim high on all the numbers because I would rather, uh, under promise and over deliver, right? If at all possible, and of course, they're like, we can't control, you know. So, <clears throat> so to give you an idea, let me talk about, first of all, let me talk about our church budget. And I'm not going to, I won't, like, 
if you understand budgets and all that kind of stuff, I'm don't people are like, uh, you know what I'm saying? I, I understand. I don't love, like budget meetings either. So I made it very simple just so you kind of know where we're at. So guys, if you put that slide up. So for next year, this what our operating budget is as a church is 1.451250, okay? Now, I know some of you may be shocked, but that's just what it cost. We didn't inflate the budget. In fact, this number is the same number from last year that was given. So we basically took what was last year's giving and said we, we don't want to increase our budget at all. Um, we want to make sure that, that we don't inflate the budget. We got to keep costs as low as we can. So we're actually found ways, our financial team found ways to be really creative and we're actually going to be able to do more ministry with the same amount of money. So if you're sitting here like, oh my God, $1.5 million, where are we going to get that? If, if you only do what you've already done, we, that's what it is. That's, that's almost exactly to, to the dollar what was given last year is $1.5 million, Okay. I know people are like, it costs that much to run a church. It does. We got to pay for everything. We don't get any breaks because we're a church. Like I've called Swepco and told them. Uh, and they just don't seem to care, you know, and they want their bill paid. So, and, the, and we have to have goldfish, you know, almost 900,000, that's goldfish. And so, <laughs> I'm just kidding. And so, put, if you guys put that up there one more time. And, and so... Um, there we go. And so, just so you see, so to operate the church, it's 1.451, all right? Um, our outreach, so we give away, if, if you don't know this about us, we give the first 10% of everything given away. So our church tithes and always has. So we don't do, we don't like take a missions offering or an outreach offering because we put it in the budget. So we say, hey, we're not going to ask people and preach on tithing if, as a church, we don't actually do that. And so, um, so usually I will say, this is what the budget, we end up usually giving more away than 10%. Very rarely have it actually been 10%, but this represents where our, what our budget sits at right now. So if essentially everybody does exactly what you did last year, this part will all take care of itself. I just want you to have the numbers so you just know what they are. Does that make sense? All right. So with that, um, let's talk about our next steps with the building. And so I think we have a slide for that. Okay, so here's where we're at. So if you've been around anytime, this one will help you. Um, I think last year I said, hey, right, someone asked for a next step. Say, our next step's going to build a bridge. The bridge is going to cost 156000 And that's what it would have cost last year. This is what it will cost today, 195300 And it's all material. The labor hasn't changed a ton. It's mostly material. So that's our next step. We have to build that bridge. Um, we have to order it, and then it comes in, and then they install it. Um, and then after that, we have to connect the sewer. So it's called sewer outfall. So it's, you know, apparently working bathrooms are kind of a thing. And, uh, and so we've got a sewer line that we have to run to a lift station. So we have to run it from the building north. Um, and so... So there's that. And then, and then we need to complete the road and parking. So these three things really are, are pressing um, because we need, to, we need to go ahead and finish the road and the parking to stop, really to mitigate all the water runoff. Because we, need to, we, have, we have a lot of curb and, curb and gutter out there, but we need to connect it all so we can stop the erosion and also so we can stop filling up our pond with our own dirt. Um, and so... And so, um, and also because it costs us money when the dirt moves, we get, we got to bring in more dirt, you know, and when the, when the rock moves, we got to bring in more rock. So, so these, so to get, so essentially these first three numbers, get the bridge built, get the sewer line completed and get the road and parking completely done. So you could drive in the main entrance all the way up. I think we got, I can't remember, it's 460 parking places, um, parking spots, whatever you call them. Anyways, um, so we want to get that, that needs to get done and then to dry in the building. So we have most of the building on site as far as the metal, which is great for us because right now if we had to order it, it'd be, whoa, bad. Um, anyway, so it's great for us. But we have to put it all together and to put it all together, you have to put parts of it together and you have to insulate it. And there's, then you got to order all the aluminum and the windows and the doors. And so we have metal doors. We don't have all the aluminum and the glass and all that. And there's a lot of windows in this building. Um, so having said that, that would get us, so 2057000 would get all the development finished, all the site work finished, 
and the building completely, exterior of the building completely finished. It'd be a warehouse on the inside, but it'd be completely finished and dried in. Everything would be safe and protected. And so ultimately, this, ha- this is what I want our goal to be this year. So when you put it all together, yes, that means our goal this year is $3.5 million. I understand that's a lot, but we actually did that um, the first year of Arise. So, um, so it is possible, and with God, everything's possible. And who knows? You, you, know, you might get a call tomorrow that you just inherited you know, $50 million, and you might want to tithe on that. <laughs> and um, so, um, <clears throat> so this is representing, or this, to our best ability, these numbers are accurate. Well, they are accurate as of today. I can't speak for tomorrow. Um, well, they're good for 10 days. All right. So anyways, so these numbers are where it is. Then after that, you say, well, what would it be after that? It would be about $3 million to put everything in the building, right? So there's a lot that go. If you know about building houses, it's kind of the same thing. You know, it takes, got to build the outside and then you put all the stuff in it, right? And so, you know, I mean, just the technology in the building is about a million dollars. And so... Um, yeah, now you got to order it eight months in advance, you know, and wait on it to get stuck on a ship somewhere. All right. So I'm so, I should not, we should keep this very business and professional. I really wish I was better at this. Like I wish I was so professional, but I'm just me. I'm just talking. So this is, this is what we're doing. Is everybody, everybody clear on that, right? If you have questions, you can email those. Okay. And, and I will be glad to answer them. I understand there could be a lot of questions that I'm not going to cover, but if you ask good questions, I'll try to cover them or work them in, or I'll will at least respond and and answer you in that. But, um, but you know, we want everybody in the know. But um, so you can email you can email to connect uh, at pathway.team or mypathway.team, whatever our email thing is. <laughs> it's bad that I don't know what that is because the computer saves it. You know, you don't know what it is. Yeah. Anyways. Or you can just call us. All right, so here's what I want to talk about today. This is not smooth at all. But anyways, here's what I want to talk about today um, is I want to talk about the power of vision. And over the next few weeks, we're going to take a journey together, really, that I feel is from the Lord. And we're going to talk about some things that I want us to lean into. And yes, we're going to talk about the building and all that. But we're going to talk about some things that are deeper than that. Because remember, it's the journey that changes us. And we're going to talk about the journey more so than finances or whatever. I mean, give you the numbers, but you understand what I'm saying. So I want you to lean into to the journey. And I really want to talk about the power of vision today. And so I want you to turn, to, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. Um, and I'm just going to read three verses here. And, uh, and then we're going to talk about vision to, together. It says, then God said, let us make man in our image according to our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over the cattle and over the earth and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. You've heard me say this, but I always think it's so cool of God to give us authority over creeps. (laughs) So God created man in his own image and the image of God he created in male and female he created then and then God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish and over the birds and over every living thing that moves on the earth. So be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Um, Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you so much for what you have done. And God, honestly, what you have done just tells us what you're going to do. And um, we want to lean into you. And God, we want to see a miracle. And yes, God, we want to all do our part. And, and God, we want to see you move. But God, most importantly, we, we really want an encounter with you. And we want to be transformed. And we want to grow. And we want to know you more. And we want to see you more clearly. And God, things like build, give us an opportunity to see you in ways maybe we would have never seen you. Um, that's what makes this moment so exciting. And so, God, we just lean in and uh, ask Holy Spirit that you guide. And more than anything, God, we want you to be glorified. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> I want to talk about vision. 
Um, most people are familiar with Proverbs 29, 18, but it says, where there is no vision, people perish. One version says in the ESV, where there's no prophetic vision. But where the, and, and, and then one version says, or this one says, where there's no prophetic vision, people cast off restraint. Um, vision is, is extraordinarily necessary. Um, because vision, it, it tells me a lot of things. Vision tells me how to make decisions, right? Vision tells me the direction that I'm going. Vision tells me what, what I need. And vision tells me what can't go with me. Vision, I mean, vision qualifies, clarifies, purifies. I mean, vision does a lot of things. And when you look at, at this verse, what, what the wisest man that ever was supposedly in Solomon is telling us is like, hey, if you don't have vision, you're in trouble. And, and I would say this even before we get in the message, because I'm going to talk about the vision God has given us. But because I, I want you to know that God has a vision for your life. Um, you need to have it. Think about this. God has a vision for your life. Do you know what it is? Do you have a vision for your life? Do you have a vision for your relationships or for your family or for your marriage? Do you have a, do you have a vision for if you, if you have a company or even whatever your job may be or in your vocational arena, whatever that may be. Do you have a vision for that? Like you need a vision because the vision gives you direction and the vision gives you energy. Like I get up in the morning because I have a vision without a vision. You just kind of, it says one verse says you perish, you know, you waste away. Like, like we have to have, we have to be people of vision. We, we have to be able to say, God, what is it that you want to do with my life? Like God created each of us on purpose for purpose. And so vision then becomes a filter because it filters decisions and it filters directives and it, and it filters um, activity and it creates discipline. Like if you've ever lost you know, wait, like, you know what I'm saying? The reason you did that, you had a vision. I want to be healthy and I want to lose some weight. And so then you adjusted your diet and you went to the gym or whatever you did. And so that vision created discipline to get you to your destination. And so we have to have vision. And, and then it says where there is no prophetic vision. Let me say this. In other words, where there is no vision that comes from God. So this is even more important now that really the way we're designed is not to have our own vision, but to receive vision. Like we really become stewards of God's vision. Like God had a vision for you, had a vision for me, had a vision for us. And so now we're talking about prophetic vision. Oh, this is vision that comes from God. The first thing God does when he wants to work is turn the lights on. In the beginning, God said, let there be anytime God wants to work. That's what vision is. Vision is, is most of the time with God, vision is there. In fact, you are alive because of the vision of God. Everything you exist exists because of the vision of God. And when you figure out how it all works together, it's usually those moments where God turns the light on. Or you could say one word for vision is to unveil, right? Where God unveils and all of a sudden you're like, oh, this is what God wants to do. I remember when I was 19 about 19, 20 years old, I got the vision for this church. All of a sudden, it's like, this is what you want to do with my life. I was in college in pre-med planning to go into physical therapy or sports medicine. And all of a sudden, God made me so miserable. How many God has ever made you so miserable? And I knew that wasn't the destination of my life. I knew it wasn't the path. It was what I, what I thought I wanted. And I remember God started speaking to me about this church. He's, Marty, I want you to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor. Just, I'm just being honest. And, um, and God just turned the light on. He pulled back the curtain. Paul prayed for the Ephesians. That, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, that the eyes of our heart, one version said, would be open. That's the same word for vi a revelation or vision. It's to unveil. And all of a sudden, we see what God wants to do in our lives. 
when we talk about our church, you know, so many times it's like, well, what is the vision for our church? And I actually started thinking about this. And to be honest, we more focus on what our mission is, um, which we're going to talk about today. But, but when it comes to the vision of the church, I was like, well, what is the vision of God? What's God's vision? Like, shouldn't we kind of be about his vision? Like, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm just, you know. And when you think about what is the vision of God, well, the vision of God was, it's very simple. You say it this way, on earth as it is in heaven. That is what God lives for, right? When you, when you study the Bible, it starts in Genesis, but it runs through Revelation that God has, is, is, is the ultimate supreme ruler of this kingdom. We call it the kingdom of God, right? And God wanted this kingdom of God, which is spiritual, to influence a physical reality. And so he, he wanted earth to look like heaven. In, in, in fact, you know, God's not going to do away with earth or burn it up or nuke it or any of that, if you, however your eschatology works out. But in, in Revelation 21, John said, I looked and I saw a new Jerusalem coming down. Heaven was coming to earth, essentially. And he said, and then on earth, there was this dwelling place where God dwelt with man on earth as it is in heaven. It's, it's where God starts in the scriptures that we read today, the verses we read in Genesis, where, where God wanted, he built this physical planet because he wanted to expand his kingdom, his rule, his authority, and his reign. N- not because he's power hungry, but because he's good. God creates because he's good. Right? Solomon said, David said, you are good and do only good. Every good and perfect gift, James says, comes from God. And then if you read the next verse, it essentially says, and he created us, which is to say he created us because he is good. So he created earth and he created us not because he's power hungry. It wasn't a power grab. He has all power. He's not trying to grab power. He's got it all. It's because he was good. And so when you think about what is his vision, well, his vision on earth is in heaven. So what should our vision be? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. It should be on earth as it is in heaven. That, that should be our vision. And I understand now if you're like, I, don't, I understand, stay with me. I understand that's like hard to wrap your head around. Like, how do we do that? What does that actually mean? And I understand it's a little ethereal. That's why we read the verses that we read. Because most organizations have a vision and then they have a mission. So God's vision is on earth as it is in heaven, right? This, this is God's plan. So then, then the question becomes, okay, well, how does God do his vision? So now what is his mission? How, how, does, how does God do this? Well, we read it. This is how God had this vision on earth as it is in heaven. And then with that, he said, this is how I'm going to do it. Genesis 1.26. And then God said... Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness, and let them have dominion over all of creation. So, so this is, think about this, so cool. What does God want to do on earth as it is heaven? How's he going to do that? He said, I'm going to make man in my image and in my likeness, right? And I'm going to give them authority or dominion. Now, you're still sitting here, maybe if you haven't ever heard me say this, you're like, okay, I'm still not getting it. So this is why we have these four B words. Because these four B words come from this verse that I just read, which is actually God's vision for you. And if it's God's vision for you, it comes out of his vision for the universe So God's like, here's what I want to do on earth as it is in heaven. My kingdom come, my will be done. How am I going to do that? I'm going to create man to believe in me, belong to me, become like me, and build like me. So let me show you this. God said this, let us make man, you could say right there, to believe. Believing in us. Let us make man believing in us. 
right? And then he goes on to say, in, in our image, belonging to us. And then in our likeness, becoming like us. And let him have dominion, building like us. So God called a staff meeting with the Son and the Holy Spirit. And he said, I want to I I create a planet and expand the rule of my goodness over a physical planet. And here's how I'm going to do it. I'm going to make man to believe in me. Right? I'm going to create them in my image because they belong to me. I'm going to create them in my likeness to represent me, essentially, or to emulate me, you might say. In other words, I want them to become just like me. And I'm going to give them dominion because ultimately I'm a builder and I want them to build like me. And so in this verse, God actually answers the question of why are we here? This is why you're here. You're here on this planet. I can tell you what God's heart for everybody is because it comes from the Bible and I can show you the same thing. I can, show, I can pull the same thing out of the Great Commission. Go and preach the gospel. Why? So that they would believe. Baptize them. Why? So they would belong. Disciple them. Why? So they would become and heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead. Why? Build like me. It's the same four words because it's God's heart for you. And so those are the four points. They won't take long. We're going to walk through them together. But number one is believe. God said, let us make man to believe. Like this is where our journey starts with God is believing in Jesus. Right? Um, This is why for me it was always so important that church not begin with an initiation but an invitation. In other words, we're not asking you to think like us today. We're not asking you to dress like us today. We're not asking you to pick up our vernacular and echo it back to us today. Today's an invitation as it is every time we gather at Pathway. We just want you to believe. We just want you to believe. It's an invitation to believe, to believe in Jesus. Like this is, this is where your journey starts, right? This is where your journey starts. Can I, can I be honest with you? Like, if, if you're religious or whatever, I'll say this would be fun and make people nervous. You actually don't go to hell for sin, not according to the Bible. Sin doesn't send you to hell. Unbelief does. What saves you is not good behavior. It's faith in Jesus Christ. To as many as received him, those who believed him, he gave the right or the power to become sons of God. Right, And so, so our journey starts when we believe. But here's the thing. When your journey started with Jesus, <laughs> you believed something about him, but you did not believe everything about him. In fact, today, can I tell you, you believe things about God, but you don't know everything to believe about God. In fact, one of my favorite verses is Jesus' first miracle. We see it in John chapter 2. It's the, the wedding, you know, at Galilee where they're, where they're out of, um, or Galilee, where they're out of uh, wine, right? And, and Jesus, like his first miracle, I don't, I always try to figure out what this means exactly, but his first miracle was turning water into wine to keep the party going, right? And I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just think that's cool. And, and so, and I think wine is all about joy. So maybe it's a great thing. A baptism of joy is the way we start the ministry of Jesus. I don't know. There's a lot of things you could probably put in here, but what I think is cool is he, he turned the water into wine and the Bible says this, then his disciples believed him. Now I got questions. They were already his disciples. They were already following him. They already believed something about him. But when they watched this miracle, they're like, I believe something else. Amen. Like, like the other night, if you were at Revive, like you could have believed like God is worthy of praise and God is worthy of worship. But when we actually see a miracle happen in, in, in real time in the moment, it's hard not to step back and say, I believe he's better than I thought. Like, I believe he's good. 
And so here, here's what I want you to understand is that in this life of faith that we, we live, believing in God is where our journey starts. But as we continue to believe in God, that's where real abundant life is experienced. You could even say it this way. When I believe in God, I receive eternal life. But when I continue to believe in God, I walk into abundant life. And this is the calling for all of us to never be stagnant in our faith, but to always be. In fact, I love this verse from John 20, verse 31. It says, but these are written. This is what John says. These are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah. You know what I have found is the best um, defense for doubt is continuing to believe. Like find ways to grow in your faith. In the dark moments, find a way to believe. In the hard moment, find a way to believe. Like if you grow stagnant and you have believed, that's when you start sliding back the other way. And so this is the calling for all of us. Like this is the vision pathway. This is why we do weekend services, why we do student experiences, why we do kids experiences or services. You can use whichever word makes you happy, right? It used to be services, but that sounded like we're signed up for the military. So now we do experiences because that sounds fun. Or you can just say gatherings if you don't like it. But this is why we gather on these weekends because today, like today, if you're here and you don't know Jesus, at the end, you'll have an opportunity to meet him. But if you're here and you've known Jesus your whole life, hopefully something happens in worship or in this message where you catch a glimpse of him and say, wow, I didn't know that, or I, didn't, I could believe him more, or I could continue to believe in some area of my life. It's God's heart for you. Not just that we have believed, he is always calling us to continue believing. Come on, Journey, don't stop. Thank you. The second thing is, he said, let us make man believing in us, in our image, belonging to us. Like, like God created us to belong to him. That, that's why we are conformed by the Holy Spirit. We are transformed, but we're, we are being conformed to the image of his son. We belong to him. Like if I were to bring my dad up here, if you have met my dad, It's just me plus 30 years. I mean, honestly, if you see us standing side by side, in fact, I was, we we went last weekend after the the service. Uh, A lot of times um, we'll leave and, you know, my parents still like, y'all going to eat? You know, (laughs) yeah, we're going to go. So so, uh, the boys always go home. They're less social. Um, but Mariah's the extrovert of all extroverts and she thinks it's punishment to not go in a large crowd of people. And so she always wants to go. And so like, we went with my, my parents, so we we're going to meet them at a restaurant. And so I walk in and I see a guy that I know and he, he, he comes over and he, he's looking at me. He's looking over at my dad. He did, he'd never met my dad. And he, he just looked, I never forget. He said, do you belong to that man right there? Like, do you know that man? I'm like, yeah, that's my dad. He's like, Obviously, you know, but why it's, it, let us make man what in our image what, to belong like us. God wants to be represent. He wants his, 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 his good looks to be represented in his creation. And so God created us to belong. And, and not only that, God created us to belong to him. In fact, you can see this Deuteronomy seven, verse six, it says, you're a holy people who belong to the Lord, your God. Like, can I just be honest? Like the greatest compliment you can get is for people to look at your life and say, you must belong to God. Like, should that not be the goal? Honestly, is that, you know, like people watch you when life is hard (laughs) and say, you must belong to God (laughs) because I'd have straight up killed them. You know what I'm saying? I mean, like, you know, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) Sorry. I'd have straight up not prayed for them and not made them any cookies. Um... (laughs) I would have wrote them a very sternly worded text. Anyways, um, but we're created to belong to God. But, but I don't know if you know this. This is really amazing too. Romans 12 verse 4. I love this verse. But it says, just as our bodies have many parts and each has a special function, so it is with Christ's body. Now look at this. We are many parts of one body and we all belong to each other. 
Like God created us to belong to him and, and he created us. We are his. This is, I mean, you cannot, you can't think of a, a good reason why God would send his son to die for us. Right? It doesn't even make sense, really. But, you, but, but when you think about it and you realize, oh, if we belong to him, no wonder he redeemed us. Like, there's the explanation. Like, I don't have a good reason, but I got a good explanation. You understand what I'm saying? But then he created us to belong to each other. This is why for us life groups are so important. Next weekend we're going to launch life groups. Life groups are so important because we were created to belong to each other. In fact, it is in the belonging of each other that we actually we, we actually become like him in a way. Um, let, let me let me show you this. Ephesians 4.13 says, Till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to a perfect man to the measure and the stature of the fullness of Christ. So Paul basically tells the Ephesians, the goal is not to be more spiritual than your neighbor. The goal is to look like Jesus. The goal is not to have better behavior than the person across the street because sometimes we give ourselves a pass because we say, well, I'm doing it. And here's what we ultimately do. We measure ourselves by our best intentions and we measure them by their worst actions. set you free. <laughs> he's trying to help you. But, but this is why he sets the gauntlet down. He's like, hey, you're supposed to be like Jesus. Like that's actually the goal. And so, um, and then verse 16 says, so he makes the whole body fit together perfectly. As each part does its own special work, it helps other parts grow. So the whole body is healthy and growing. So look at this. Here's what he's saying. When you belong to each other, the way, let me back up, the way you look like Jesus, become like Jesus, one of the ways is you belong to each other. Relationships are how we grow. Relationships are, listen, every relationship you have is an opportunity for growth, even if it's a hard one. Typically, we grow the most, most, most. <laughs> Typically, we grow the most in the difficult relationships. You know, we always love that, you know, guys use it for guys ministry. And I'm not trying to make fun of that or say it's bad. They'll say, you know, the, the verse says iron sharpens iron. And we'll say, we're iron men, you know. I say, but do you know how iron sharpens iron? Like friction and heat and sparks and trauma. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is how iron sharpens iron. But it's so true. Sometimes those difficult relationships are how we grow. And I want you to think about this. So, so we belong to God and we belong to each other. And that is how we are actually transformed into the image of God really is our belonging to him and belonging to each other. But, but I want you to see this. They almost, these four B's, and even though none of them ever end, but it's like we have to believe so we can belong. The more we believe, the more we belong, the more we belong, the more we, there's the next one you write it down, become. He said, let us make man believing us in our image, belonging to us in our likeness, becoming like us. In other words, he's like, we want them to represent our character and our nature, the grace that we have. We want to be represented not just in image, but in likeness. And so God's calling on all of us is to believe and keep believing, right? It's to belong and continue to belong. And, and, and in that belonging, we start becoming. And the goal ultimately is, is to become like him. And so this, this now is talking about, we, we used to call it this, we used to use this word, discipleship. You could use another word, process. Like, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I'm not exactly like Jesus yet. No one has mistaken me for him. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, I'm longing for that day where someone comes up and says, you must be Jesus. And I'm like, no, I'm not him. Not him. Close. I'm in the family. But not really him. Now, I'm longing for that day. It's an amazing day, right? But it, it hasn't happened yet. But that's the goal. And the goal is that, that I want to become like him. And for us, we talk about next steps. Like the way you follow Jesus is a step at a time. But if we're followers of Jesus, that implies we're taking 
steps. Because I met a lot of people that are following Jesus, but either Jesus isn't moving or they've gotten left. <laughs> this is what, what Romans 4.12 says, and to make him, this is talking about Abraham, to make Abraham the father of the circumcision who are not merely circumcised, but also walk in the footsteps of faith that our father Abraham had made before he was circumcised. So he's like, here's what God wants to do. It's, it's not that he's not about, in other words, he's saying it's not about the religious symbols and signs. It's the question of, are you taking steps? Because that's what Abraham did. If you follow Abraham's life, it was just one step after the next step after the next step. And this is why we talk about next steps. We say, hey, there are next steps. You know, there's a developing a devotional life. There's being on a serve team. There's giving generously. There's leading a life group or being in a life group. I mean, these are all next steps. Being water baptized, these are all next steps we take. Because anybody really studying the Bible, if there's enough, enough text or context to it, you're going to see these steps of faith, just like in Abraham's life, that he had to take in order to follow God into promise. There is never promise without process. We all want promise. The only way to promise is process. And so God said, let us make man believing us in our, in our image, belong to us, in our likeness, becoming like us. And then here's the last thing. And let him, let him have dominion to build like us. And this is what we're talking about today, to, to build like us. Like this is the heart of God. When I thought about this too, this is kind of cool. I thought about these four D words because I thought, believe, that's our devotion. Belong. That is our desire. Really, I mean, the number one desire of every human is to be, is to belong. Most of us deal with a rejection when we, we want to be accepted. We want to belong, right? But I thought, I thought, believe, that's, that's, our, that's our devotion to God. Belonging, that's our desire. I want to belong to him. I want to belong to his body. Then, then I thought, becoming, that is my development. And then I thought, build, that is my destiny. And so God called us to build his kingdom. And we talk about ways that we, we build his kingdom, like, you know, through loving those that may be difficult to love. Love your enemies. I mean, that's, that's, that's one way we build. Serving, the primary way we see in the Bible that we build is serving. When Jesus came to establish the kingdom of God on the earth, he, he didn't come with a scepter to be served. He came with a towel and served those closest to him. He served those who couldn't help themselves. And so we, how do we build? Well, we serve. That's why we always say, well, everybody on a serve team, because when we serve, we become like Jesus. When we serve, we build like Jesus. But I don't know if you realize this. Another way that we build is when we give. And I'll give you the most famous verse in the world to support that idea. For God so loved the world that he... When he wanted to build a kingdom on the earth, he started with giving. And you're like, no, 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 he started in the Bible. Let me give you another verse. The Lamb of God slain before the foundation. So if you're like, no, no, he started in Genesis and things went out, then he had to give. No, 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 no. He made the decision. He said, I'm going to build my kingdom and here's what it's going to cost. I'm going to have to give my best. And so God showed us, like, this is how you build. You give. Like, you serve, but you, you give. And that's really what we're going to do over the next few weeks. And here's why you give. Now, let me put all this together for you real quickly. So God had a vision on earth as it is in heaven. To accomplish that vision, he made man to believe, belong, become, and build. And the reason he did all of that is because transformation never happens without a place. When, when we started, or when God spoke to me about building the church, he gave me this verse. Exodus 25, 8 says, And let them make me a sanctuary that I will dwell among them. This was what I felt like God spoke to me that day um, in 2000. Eight, <laughs> um, September the 
22nd. Yep, September the 22nd, 2008, God gave me this verse. And he said, let them make me a place that I would dwell among them. And I knew it was time, you know, for the vision I had when I was 20, I knew it was time. And when I looked at this verse, I'm like, look, look at this verse. He's like, here's, here's what I want. I want heaven to come to earth. Why? Because when heaven comes to earth, people's lives are forever changed. Ask the blind man, ask the lame man, ask the beggar, ask you. When heaven comes to earth, our lives are changed. But here's what he said, for heaven to come to earth, I have to have a place. In the Bible, there was never transformation without a place. When he wanted heaven to come to earth in Genesis, he made a garden. After the fall, he made a tabernacle. Then he made a temple. Now we have other buildings. And so, yeah, are, are the buildings holy? No, there's nothing holy about sheetrock. Nothing holy about steel. What's holy is what happens inside of it. When the presence of God impacts the people of God and transforms them. The reason we have to keep building and keep reaching people, to, to be honest, the reason is you. You're here today or you're online. You're in this place because God has met you here in some way. Maybe God restored your marriage or your relationship. Maybe God healed your body. Maybe, maybe God saved you or redeemed you or delivered you or just loved you and you had an encounter. To me, what we owe the world, guys, we owe the world an encounter with our God. An encounter has to have a place to happen. Church is an encounter with God, but church is also a place. Why in the New Testament, hey, don't forsake meeting together in the place where God meets with you. It's not to say that God isn't out there or God wouldn't be in your car. I'm not trying to say that. But what I'm saying is God has a way he does things and I'm not going to tell him to change it. And the way he does things, he's like, I have this vision that heaven's going to come to earth. And the way heaven's going to come to earth is man's going to believe, belong, and become and build. If I want to bring heaven to earth, I believe, I belong, I become, and I build. And, and I could put it this way. For me to bring heaven to earth, it means I have to be believing, be belonging, be becoming, and be building. And when I'm believing and belonging, becoming and building, believing, belonging, becoming and building, heaven keeps coming to earth. This is how I do it. But part of that is, it's got to come to a place. And my thought is, just like you in this room and those online who, who know that your life, like mine, has been transformed in this place and was transformed in the hotel where we started, there are thousands more whose lives will be transformed in that place. We're not building a building to have a building. We're building a building because that's where heaven comes to earth and that's where people's lives will be changed and transformed and people will be saved and kids will accept Christ and teenagers will be delivered and saved and, and people will be healed and restored and redeemed and set free. It's going to be in that place because this is the way God works. And so, yes, unashamedly, I'm saying, hey, let's go on this journey together. Let's do everything God asks us to do. Let's be so obedient to him. Let's have faith like never before, because the process of getting there will change us. And the fruit of our process will change someone else, because that's the way the kingdom of God works. Amen. Why don't you stand with me today? And I'm going to ask our prayer team to go ahead and come if, if you're here. And, and if you're in this room, we, we want to pray with you. And if you need a relationship with Jesus, we want to pray with you. If there's something in you that says, man, I'm really not right with God. I know I'm not right with God. There's things going on in my life. I know I'm not right with God. And so if that's the case, we want to pray with you. But I just want to pray as we take this journey together. I want you to believe, belong. Go home and ask yourself, what, what do I do to lean into these four B's?
Is it a commitment to weekend experiences? Is it, is it a commitment to prayer? Is it, is it getting in a life group next weekend? Like, what do I do? It, what's the next step I really need to take? It's not cliche. It really matters. And then as we lean into Bill, God's going to speak to us about what to do with that. And I want every person, I do, I want every person to participate somehow. I don't know. I'm not going to tell you what God's going to tell you. I just know if it's God's plan, he wants every person believing, belonging, becoming, and building. I want every person participating. And so, Father, we just thank you so much today. And God, I pray you would speak to all of us how we can lean into your vision today. How we can apply it, whether it's believing or belonging or becoming a building God. Let's make sure, God, that we're attending and we're in those experiences where we encounter you, where we can continue to believe. Let's make sure that we're in life groups, God, so we, we, we can belong. Let's make sure we're taking those next steps. And let's make sure, God, that we're involved in building. We're serving. We're giving. We're leaning in. God, I know the best is ahead. You're going to do things, God, we can't even fathom and imagine. God, it is truly Ephesians 3.20. You're able to do and you will do more than we can ask, think, or imagine. But you're going to do it according to the power that's at work in us. So we have a part and you have a part and then your kingdom comes and you're glorified. God, thank you. Thank you. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Yeah. Amen. All right. If you need prayer, you need relationship with God, or you just need prayer, you need encouragement for anything, we are here. Otherwise, go grab your kids. God bless you. We love you. And I will see you next weekend. It's going to be incredible.